Let's take a time out before the show to express our gratitude to you, the listener, for taking time out of your day to make our lives a part of your life. We could not be more thankful. But we're going to ask you for money. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Along with all the other nerds and artistic wannabes, we have started a Patreon page. Patreon is a wonderful way to create both small, reoccurring monthly donations and payments to artists that you love and value their work, like us, but also give you access to unique and exclusive online content. We want to help you help us help us. Wait. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Go on patreon.com slash CF in order to find our podcast, look at the tiers, and donate today. Your reoccurring payments will get our wives stop being so angry because all of our extra money is going to supporting and running the show and not, in fact, to food. So that's a thing. So Patreon, yeah, you can do it. Phenomenal cosmic powers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, our childhood. <laughs> one jump ahead of the oh man, one jump ahead of the, those guys don't appreciate I'm broke. Stop thief, scandal, apu, scandal. Let's not be too hasty. I am wearing grandma's pasty. <laughs> Wait, uh, gotta eat to live, gotta still eat. Tell you all about it. Otherwise, we get along. I have no idea. I may be screwing up some stuff there. <laughs> Ooh, Allah forbid you should have any daughters. Oh, Disney just makes money off of us. Good lord, they really do. Man, wouldn't it be cool if we did a Cash and Foxes trip to Disney World? No, I don't believe in corporate vacations. <laughs> it's probably a good, a good, a good thing. <laughs> I read a scathing review of corporate vacations. Made me think. Well, what did it say? Don't take corporate vacations. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a, I shouldn't say a scathing review. The whole point of it was the guy was contrasting. You're gonna. This is gonna be a shock to you, but a life of community. <laughs> with an atomistic family. So he was contrasting when his family was growing up, they all would head down to a lake and they would get there like 11 and they would stay until sundown and all of his aunts, uncles, cousins were there. And and then um, his dad got a little bit more money, moved into a nicer house that had a pool and they never went to the lake again. And But kid, you get bored with what you have and so... He goes, their their family was forced to take corporate holidays. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to meet with a Protestant pastor at one of our gigantic mega churches here. One of those new kind of hip things. Ooh. It doesn't have a cool name like Radiate or Elevate or Transubstantiate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called, they're called Crossroads. So, oh man, you should tell them that you're gonna start a church that's gonna be in direct competition with them called CrossFit. <laughs> oh wait, oh wait, I'm sorry, that's already a religion. Oh, <laughs> I'm just um, <laughs> pumped to go and you know hang out with him, so he won't be lonely. Mm. 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 I miss my uncle Charles. No, I wrong. Gotta hold on. Gotta stay strong. Every day, every day. So we pray. <laughs> I really enjoy the fact that you took it from crossroads, non-denom, straight into Bone Thugs and Harmony, 
the crossroads. I wonder how many times they've heard that joke. <laughs> Probably none. It's, uh, it may or may not be Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited. To, like, I've got this joke. I, I was going to put it in the in the email that I sent when I was like, hey, like, let's meet up and like hang out because like we should be friends uh, where I was going to say. And we could talk about like the different podcasts that we probably host. <laughs> <laughs> are you in the top 200 oh you are okay never mind your, your sermons and your drive time audios and your uh men's talks all are in the top 200 well played if you were to get rid of all of the sermons i wonder where we'd be on the list of uh, podcasts <laughs> 201 out of the top 200 <laughs> actually uh 309 uh, yeah. Yep. Mm. I need to stop checking that every single day. Oh, no, yeah, you have to. That's an anxiety <laughs> inducer. I checked it for the first time since uh since we were on new and noteworthy. Mm. That's why I reached out to you via text message and was like, "Hey, look at the, there's a funny podcast. There are so many podcasts now about people drinking, like religious figures mm-hmm. drinking. So many <laughs> drunk ex-pastors, one of whom is now Catholic." Did you listen to that bad Christian episode? Oh, of course, yeah. Interesting. I want to have that guy on, not maybe not on the show, but just talk to him. Talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, hold his hand. Do you think we're a unique podcast? Uh, I thought we did until I realized that, no, in fact, we are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of, uh, I, I was listening to bad christian the other day and they made a line about kind of like how many other podcasts there are there uh like are now that is uh kind of like theirs i thought was he referring to the email that i sent to them that i never heard back from oh please don't be referring to the email i sent to you that i never heard back from (laughs) well i mean the difference is number one we're catholic and there are much fewer amazing catholic podcasts like ours uh number two i'm an international speaker so and number three, I have a speech impediment. How many of those people have that going for them? <laughs> Didn't think so. Competitive advantage. <laughs> our competitive advantage for our audio-only talk show is, <laughs> is kind of a speech impediment. Man, when I was trying to edit my first soccer podcast, I was like, oh, this is bad. I don't know how deals with this. <laughs> what? What do you mean how I deal with it? The answer is with large amounts of alcohol at the ready. No, I'm just kidding. No, that makes sense. Every day, every day, every day. <laughs> so we're praying, praying, we pray. Now, I'm just going to say this about Bone Thugs and Harmony Crossroads. There right, was grab some bourbon. Go th- on. There was a previous Crossroads song that was filled with cuss words and such and so forth. But it was a much cooler, less mainstream song. And that's about the most hipster thing you'll ever hear me say. But I loved that original Crossroads. And then they came out with this... Do you remember the music video people with this angel of death guy and he would go through walls and grab babies and take them to heaven every day, every day? I think vaguely. Wait, wait was, the, was the Crossroads songs by Bone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so the other one? Yeah, both of them. Yeah. They oh. remixed their own song. and But the thing that I loved about the old version was there was this one line where one of the the not crazy bone or dizzy bone, but the other bone said, mm, the other bone to get where you're heading, you must make a heaven out of hell, and then n word, you'll smooth creep. 
He's not wrong. This is my favorite line. And I may have almost used that in a prison <laughs> conversation. <laughs> you know, to get where you're headed, you got to make a heaven out of hell. Am I right? Am I right, fellas? No. And that is how you segue. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry for the pouring noise you're about to hear. I fear nothing. I'm going to go get something to drink. So why don't you sing about Rod Sterling? Peggy Olsen had an illegitimate kid with Pete. Roger Sterling, one liners. Remember the time the duck almost killed Don? I think the show is actually very Catholic, but probably in like a post Vatican II weird way. Stupid post-Vatican do artwork. I got nothing. Are you a Jackie or are you a Marilyn? Carousel. I'm going to sip of my booze now. I need to take a breath. That was rough. So for anyone who's curious, I am drinking the John B. Stetson bourbon whiskey. It's pretty good. While I'm staring at my bottle of uh, at least $1,000 Pappy Van Winkle 15-year that uh, I've really appreciated everyone's feedback. Or should I or should I not drink this? I don't know what, what I'm going to do yet. It's going to be interesting. I might do a poll and see what happens. Are you going to do a I'm... poll on the Patreon page? Uh, probably on the Twitter because there's more people, but because <laughs> people did actually you... respond. <laughs> did, did I talk? To, have you heard about? I told you about the, bot, the bottle yeah. of bourbon that I want, right? Yeah, yeah. What would you do if you want a bottle of bourbon? I that would sell they, it immediately. Can... I would sell oh, okay. it immediately, and I would take that money and I'd roll it into a Roth. I no, I'm just kidding. 401k. I almost said Roth IR one. <laughs> <laughs> I have been drinking before the podcast started. <laughs> so, yeah. Get the money. Pay up debt. Put it towards savings. Put it towards flights to come and visit me. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. When am I ever going to have the chance to drink? Because this stuff, if you, if you were to buy a right. no, I shot understand. of this at a... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, no, I understand, but I, I might as well just let you finish the sentence <laughs> instead of being no, no. a dick. I get you. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, so if you want to buy, like, if you wanted to uh, have a drink of this at a bar, it's going to cost you $120. Yeah. And I have that. Yeah. I can just do that right now if I wanted to. Right why, now. why don't you sell shots for $120, <laughs> $5 less than the neighborhood bar? Cash money, mother. Oh, <laughs> uh, cash money. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Make them say, uh. Uh. I'm a chick. <laughs> <laughs> all the songs. All the songs. <laughs> I think we're both probably, like, just really tired after <laughs> all this stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. We're just going to be saying a bunch of, like, random stuff. Mm. Uh. Uh. So Trump's president. <laughs> when? What's happening? <laughs> what like, did you see, Will Smith? What did you meet? Will Smith. Over the weekend. Do you think? Okay, let me ask you this. So I saw a uh, picture on the internet of a modern Bill Clinton 
and he took like a selfie. Well, this other girl he was with uh, took uh, had like a selfie with him, and she had a how do we put this uh, ample cleavage, and he's just like blatantly staring at it in the selfie, like blatantly, just like oh hey. Um, I did not stare at her cleavage. <laughs> like I feel like we give him a pass that we don't trump. I could be wrong because I mean I guess it's just we haven't heard Bill Clinton speak about that stuff. But I'm sure that what he says about women is just as bad as what Trump says. Listen, Donald Trump is an evil bigot. I like boobies. Hello. <laughs> well, I think I went. I, did I go George Bush on the W? Did I? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't just discriminate when it comes to the boobs that I like. Asian. I, 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 I'm doing the whole like thumb thing, but you can't tell. African no. American. Filipino. Filipino. I am not a wide racist booby staring man. (laughs) The difference between me and Donald Trump is Donald Trump only likes the alt right booby. (laughs) He likes his Fox News blonde hair booby. I don't care. Oh, man. (laughs) It's come to this. It's come to this. Edited. So uh, when I'm, I'm. So. We are gonna just we're gonna lose like half our our Patreon supporters this episode. <laughs> Luke, I'm gonna edit the shit out of this so we never lose a soul. You know, Daddy like, needs <laughs> Daddy has been dropping money like crazy just because I see it on the Patreon page. <laughs> I have spent hundreds no, of dollars in no. the last three days on what? The stickers. Okay. The new hosting. Okay. New web domain. Okay. And then I have spent hours trying to get everything set up and organized. And okay, here's here's what I want you to do before you make a really big purchase. I don't want you to speak to your wife because we know what she's gonna say. Yakety yak yak, Michael, go do the dishes, you son of a bitch. Don't exactly. call my mom that. I'll call your mom whatever I want. My name's Shannon F. and Rothkopf. I could have been a wrestler. I'm from St. Louis. <laughs> oh, Luke, this has been too long. <laughs> I know. I feel like we haven't just. When's the last time it was just us? Oh man, too long, baby, too long, too long. Oh, it feels so good to be back in your your embrace. I know, right? <laughs> I wanna kiss you all over. Do you know what was great about when when we were hanging out was it was just like. It really affirmed the fact that when we do this podcast, there's nothing professional about it. It's just us <laughs> trying to say the most outlandish thing. It is as if it is as if uh, like I, there were several times during us hanging out that I was like, "Why aren't we recording this?" And I was like, "Oh right, this is the part of life where I'm supposed to let life happen." <laughs> like I literally just wanted to make you wear like a, a shirt with a breast pocket, and I'd wear one, and we just walk around all day, every day, with our iPhones recording the conversation. Oh no, I'll edit it. Probably will take me as long uh, editing a uh, normal, ongoing, everyday conversations with Catching Foxes. I mean, sure, the kids are going to grow up with a gaping father wound, but whatever. We're hitting podcast gold. <laughs> a gaping father wound. Uh, that's so funny because that was the name of my punk band in high school. Uh, really, wasn't every punk band that? <laughs> Even today, Garage Band. Oh, hey, yo, what up? Uh, with a gaping father wound. Uh. <laughs> Hi, I'm the. Uh, my dad spent way too much time with uh, his secretary, emo band, and uh, <laughs> this uh, song's called "I Don't Know How to Control My Feelings." That was raised. Never mind. <laughs> 
Hey, what's up, Seattle? Uh, new punk band in town. Uh, got started in my garage because my dad doesn't give a shit about me. And Steve, <laughs> my mom's new husband, thinks he can be my dad. Well, guess what, Steve? You can't. <laughs> Shove it, Steve. Shove it. I don't appreciate your midnight visits. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> what? I shouldn't have been. Okay, you know what? Um, you know what you should do is not cut out these jokes, but just do like a really long beep. Why kill my dog? Yeah, man, I miss my uncle Charles, y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a bottle of bourbon to my right and a glass of a like one and a half shots of bourbon to my to my left. This is working out for us. Yeah. I have a glass of Coke Zero and then a bunch of empties. <laughs> I do want to say my wife, man, she really rocked it. Uh, she went to Costco, which is three and a half minutes from my house, and she got White Noise from St. Arnold, which is their winter winter season Ooh, beer. It's so good. So good. So good. It's already done. It's already done its run. But at Costco, they have, you know, you got to buy in bulk, right? So you buy two. 12 packs and bottles. It's just awesome. It's one of my favorite beers now. Do you know what beer I had that was really good? Uh, um, so, Budweiser. No, it was by Bennett. it was by Moreland, which is a brewery here in the great city of Cincinnati. And it's an FC, since, FC <laughs> Cincinnati beer. Blah, that three times fast. FC Cincinnati beer. FC Cincinnati beer. FC Cincinnati beer. Uh, it had a really cool, like, dark orange color to it. It was, it was fun. Oh, like my pee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, by the way, has the bleeding stopped? Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume that everyone burns while they pee. Yeah, so uh, uh, how's your life? Things going well? Um, yes. How, yes. About, how, about, how about this? How about this? I'll ask a, a question that probably won't elicit as many random noises, Jabba. Uh <laughs> How is your how is your Lent going? Oh, good slash terrible. I pretty much <laughs> like going to Texas as great as it was. Like ruined my Lenten stuff. What was your what is your Lenten stuff? Um, going to mass every day and not wake up and not hit the snooze button. Why, why couldn't we have done that? I know I was gonna bring it up, then I was and I forgot. I was gonna bring it up and then I quote unquote forgot. <laughs> I know so. But, you know, I heard a really great quote when I was talking to our buddy Tony from Catholic Beard Bomb that a priest told him that Lent is more of a campaign. And I like that idea. So I'm getting back on, getting back on track. What does, but that it's mean? Also, what does that mean? It's more of a campaign. Like it's not something where you're trying to be perfect, but a campaign. Like it's an ongoing struggle, a thing that you're trying to do constantly. But it doesn't necessarily always mean that you are succeeding at it. Yeah. So you know it's what more, stinks? It's... I can rarely go to daily mass at my church. Wow. We, we offer it at 9 a.m. except on Wednesday, Wednesdays, which is offered at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So thank you. But my, I dropped my daughter off in the Little Saints program at 9 a.m. Like the doors open at 9. And it's a daily mass. So by the time I get her checked into her class and they put up their little stuff, Give her the hug goodbye. And, I mean, like, I'm, like, the first person there, one of the first people. By the time I get that done and then go over to church, they're already rounded into the homily. 
by like mm. nine o by like nine o six. By the time I walk through those doors, it's yeah. already homily time. So, so I just wait ten minutes, then I go into the church. I just walk straight up, receive just key into the tabernacle, take a Eucharist, leave. Like deuces. Yeah, like you know, because they know me, yo. I can <laughs> do me. that. Your, your neighborhood. Gilmer, so I'm going to do one of the things I hate, which is a layperson who who uh, truly doesn't understand how things actually happen. But I do think that most churches should offer a 12 noon daily mass or somewhere within the deanery yeah. should because it just um, – and for those who don't know, because I didn't really know what this was till this past year, uh, we do you want to explain to the kids what a deanery is? A uh, deanery is a, a, a just a geographic region that groups together a bunch of parishes. Mm-hmm. So that's so how they... we, yeah, we have like a northern deanery that we're a part of that has, I think it has like ten parishes in it or twelve parishes. But uh, so there's a deanery meetings with the priest there, and so the idea behind it is. You're all confronting the same type of thing. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's as, as similar a culture as possible. And so we're the San Jacinto Deanery where I'm at. And uh, we're grouped together. But the problem is our our spans a ton of different parishes. Oh, and, yeah. And so we picked, we cherry-picked six of them and started a consortium for those who are what we would call mega parishes. Those who are facing, like, pretty much the exact same problems. White middle class to upper class mega parishes, suburban regional parishes who have a significant Hispanic population and are trying to figure out how best to navigate this regional parish world, this shifting demographics, decline of the energy, oil and gas market, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. That's actually really interesting. Um, hey. Also, yeah, I was going to say, hey, do you remember the housing crisis of 2008? Yes, credit credit that never hit Houston ever at all, because Houston is well below the national average in terms of property value costs because it doesn't have um, strict zoning laws. It doesn't really have zoning laws at all, but neighborhoods. No, you would you would never know that by driving through it. You would never know that by driving through the woodlands, but you would absolutely. <laughs> you're like, oh, there's a strip club and there's a church. Um, <laughs> oh, it's the same building. Now, uh, so the. Uh, uh, well, that's <laughs> so that lowers <laughs> property values, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we really do have a ton of strip clubs and adult themed. I think we have more than any other city. But uh, so that drives down property values. But at the same time, uh, we have the oil and gas industry. And so when the world tanks and there's conflict in the Middle East and, you know, like Nigeria with Boko Haram and all these places that have a lot of oil, whenever there's conflict, oil prices go sky high. So we were sitting pretty. We we rode the whole thing. Like, it did not – no decrease in giving in any of that stuff. It didn't even touch Houston. And then gas prices went down last year of Obama's administration and now into Trump's. And uh, and and now we're cutting back. The rest of America is like, well, good thing the Great Recession's over and we're in Houston. We're like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Apparently we need to diversify. (laughs) I guess horses and annual rodeo and oil and gas isn't enough. Who would have thought that that, uh, Texas pride can't sustain an economy? Uh, You shut your fat Ohio mouth. (laughs) Hey, I've lost three pounds. Um. Oh, you're slimming, Ohio. Man. Trying. <laughs> yep. But uh, my goal is to be below a certain weight by the time we do a live podcast in Atlanta. Booyah. I was trying to think of an Atlanta um, 
rap song, which there are plenty. And my first thought was, I'm from the loop and the brown. So failed that one. My favorite is, throw your hands in the air. And wave them like you just don't And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh, yeah. Hey, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh. I am for real. Is this the musical? Is this Catching Foxes the musical? <laughs> if there was a Catching Foxes musical, it would just be the most random thing ever that just shows, wow, you guys are all over the place. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, the rabbit. the ra- Or the rabbit. Anywho, Luke, how are things? <laughs> so why is your Lent going so terribly? Because okay. I screwed it up when you came down? No, no. It's just, okay, so it's not going terribly. It's been good. I'm just, I'm so piss poor bad at... My Lenten, um, what you call it, giver upper stuff, <laughs> penances, sacrifices. Yeah, fasting. I'm just not good at it, and so I'm trying to be better. Because I, I, I mean, there is a really big. I, I really do think that if uh, Pope Benedict talks about this in this brilliant book that I have, I'm drawing a blank on the name of, but basically he says how the Eucharist is the source of the missionary's life, and I really do believe that anyone who works for the church right now in some capacity is a missionary. And you, we need to be close to the Eucharist. Now, that's not always possible, but as much as we can within a reasonable manner. And it was just so great. I could just I could like see the concrete effects of that within my own within my own life. And, and, it, and it was awesome. And then once it came time to really be committed, as always, I fell apart and decided to, to just, you know, dwell in my own misery. So um, which we you know it's really which really. And ended up with like uh, me and Aaron getting to like a pretty heavy fight last night, which actually ended up being really good for us and our marriage. But it was just like, oh, it was hard. It's so, so hard when you realize like, oh, this is happening because I'm not a good person. Oh, you know, I've never had one of those fights. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always on the accusing end. (laughs) Shannon, you're not good enough for a man like me. What did you say? I'm sorry, honey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, just end it there. Just end it there. Oh, man, I was so good to hang out with you and your family, especially your wife, just because she is such a good friend. And I, and I do miss having those people in my life who have known me for a long time around. So that was great. Good. Good. I'm glad. And, I'm, good. and I hope the food was acceptable. Oh, yeah, it was great. I hope uh, the trip to Deacon Baldy's was okay. Oh, that was so much fun. Can we just talk? Like, so I know, like, we're kind of all over the place today, but sorry, this is just what it is. Um, that was so much fun. Yeah. Sp- my favorite part of that was one, just be able to talk with everyone. That was by far the the best part. Uh, but two was I loved when we started doing like Q and A's with people, and there was like a back and forth exchange between us and the audience in the heat of the moment. Yeah, it was it was like, yep, this is it. Yeah, like, this is what Catching Foxes is. Yeah, and if you're wondering what Luke's talking about, if you go to episode 81 of our show, uh, the live episode at Deacon Baldy's, which is a local um, food truck eatery and bar, uh, we recorded a live show for the first time, me and Luke together. Uh, you could you could call it the first official Catching Foxes meetup. I wouldn't because you had one without me, but I the- did. I did. Sorry, go on. No, I'm processing. So, uh, yeah, so we recorded it. And let me tell you, Luke, you want to talk about a long time editing something? Man, that was like <laughs> duct taping jello to the wall. Uh, it was so difficult because depending on who was talking or not talking into their microphones, 
I had to. I had to. We needed to. You, we should have done like a quick run through. <laughs> we should have been prepared. <laughs> I had to create multiple duplicates of of one track, and then boost or dramat like dramatically boost or dramatically lower the thing because it'd be like rah, rah, rah. we'd be like screaming at the microphone, and then we'd hold it up to an audience member who's too far away. So then I'd have to like <laughs> boost the crap out of it. So the ones that you couldn't hear their question, I just gave up and like edited it out, and hopefully people picked it up from the context. Yeah, that's great. Um, no, but seriously, I I do want to just take this time just to thank you for all the you like you guys don't really know how much work this dude uh, puts into this. And it is um, a lot of man hours, a lot. All I have to do is just like, I just tend to think about the podcast like a lot, like, like a lot. <laughs> and uh, you had, you do the actual work. You've done a great, great job. So I'm, ex- I'm extremely proud of you, buddy. Thank you. So, Luke, I went to a prison. Yeah, how was your Len Cohen? (laughs) Anyways, speaking of cum, I'm at the prison. (laughs) (laughs) That's only funny to me. Because I know what it's really like, Luke. I've been to prison. He went to Oz. Uh, Go on. I had a tin can, and I just went running along the bars. How's Red doing? Good? No. Um, So... This Lent, I did my... Was Brooks there? Hail Mary. Sorry. (laughs) Eternal Father, I offer you the body. Okay, uh, I went to... So this Lent, I gave up sleeping in. Now, as people who have listened to this show should know that ever since I started quote-unquote homeschooling... (laughs) <laughs> I, I never went this thing called parenting. <laughs> <laughs> I never went to bed before 1 a.m. And I never woke up until 11 a.m. Until Franciscan, when I went to college, drank that oh, I... Oh, sorry. I see what you meant. I, I thought you were talking about your kids. Anyways. No, no. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me and the thing that you love to make fun of me for being a homeschooler. Um, but I... Until I went to Franciscan, I had an 8 a.m. class. I, like... Other than math, no, even mass. I went to Life Team Mass at 6 p.m. I never had to get up early. It was very rare that I had to get up early. Let me put it that way. So I'm a total night person. I feel like I'm doing my best at 10, 11 o'clock mm-hmm. at night. I got a great flow going until 1 or 2 in the morning, and then I crash. Um, but apparently the rest of the world doesn't function that way. Uh, and so I've realized, like, I really do need to cultivate something. And every time I've woken up early, before my kids like if i get an hour before my kids the thing that i've discovered is if you stay up late the temptation to screw around increases like a thousandfold Mm -hmm. but if you wake up early you kind of feel like you owe yourself to do the work that you should be doing so for instance so i i personally tend to screw around a lot less than when i wake up early so my lenten thing was if i don't have to stay up late the night before I wake up at 5 a.m. As I do have to stay up a little bit later than the night before, I wake up at 6 a.m. And I can never wake up later than 6 a.m. My kids are trained, especially with daylight savings time. They all wake up around 7 a.m. So or they're not even allowed to come downstairs until 7 a.m. So they have a clock that glows green when it's 7 a.m. So uh, <laughs> a little Pavlovian, Pavlovian thing. Um, so I can, I can actually spend time. So I, I found a copy of Soul of the Apostolate. And Luke had mentioned it before. And so 
I got that. So every morning I would try to do either like morning prayer, divine mercy chaplet, rosary. Uh, memorized prayers have been like very difficult for me lately. Like in the like the last like six months, it's like just so dry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I needed that order, so I would do you know memorized prayer, and then I would go into um, spiritual reading for a little bit and just write down some stuff. Nothing super formal, but I it's been the most fruitful thing. I have two cups of coffee before my kids wake up, make a cup of coffee for my wife, get all the kids breakfast, get them fed, get them up and going before my wife has to wake up. And one of the things that I did, uh, I bought my wife the Blessed Is She Lenten Guide. Um, I ordered that for my wife and one of my coworkers as a gift. And uh, I want to make sure every morning my wife has a cup of coffee and can spend 30 minutes going through the day's prayer. And it's been amazing for her. And so this Lent's been really good. And at the very beginning of Lent, I, Lent, I prayed, Lord, I want to do something this Lent that stretches me from my ministry. Because, you know, when I do talks, like, for teenagers, and I'll get some thoughts together, you know, jot some down. But I can pretty much wing 90% of the talks I give to high school and college students. Mm-hmm. Because I spent 20 years studying theology and philosophy. But at the same time, being able to diligent, like, I, I, I needed to be stretched. I needed to be forced to really expand. So I said, Lord, I want you to send a ministry my way that I've never done before, apostolate, whatever. Um, and I was thinking more of, like, service stuff, like serving the poor, not talking. Mm-hmm. The next day, a guy at my church called me up and he goes, hey, guess what? I signed you up for uh, prison ministry. You're going to come and <laughs> we're going to do a, a – a, a, we're going to put on a retreat for, like, 60 men who are inmates at one of the most violent prisons in Texas uh, called the Ferguson Unit. It's a gladiator unit. It's filled – Mostly with gang members, long-term uh, people with long-term or life sentences, um, and people who have violent, who have committed acts of violence against other prisoners in other units and have been shipped to Ferguson. Ooh, so it's like almost like the Alcatraz of where you put like that's like I mean that's where they put like a lot of the most like hey you're not going to get out of here. Yeah, so you you're know here. I mean like, so you're there and you know you're hearing stories of people who. You know, it's you know, I'm I'm almost done with my 25 year sentence. They don't give 25 year sentences for jaywalking, right? So, mm-hmm. a lot of these people, you know, I you're so basically, if you've ever heard of an axe retreat, it's based on Curcio. It's its own modified thing. They used to be called Axe in Prison. Now it's called the Colby Ret- um, Prison Retreat Ministry. It's based out of Kerrville, Texas. Man, I went into a prison. And I ran a retreat, or I I participated, not ran. Uh, Actually, I didn't run anything. It was awesome. I participated on a retreat for three days, about 12 hours a day. uh, And it was probably one of the most important things I've done in my entire life. What? So what made it? Well, let's actually take a a step back. Hey, Luke, can we take a step back? Yeah, yeah. Lean back. Lean back. Um, With my mind and my money. And my... Wait, no, that's it. <laughs> uh, like, what were your thoughts going into it? Uh, I tried not to think about how scared I was, but I was scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that's totally I was, valid. Well, so at one point, this is what makes it worse. One of the guys tells the inmates, hey, we got this guy named Mike. We really want him to come, but he's scared. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, could you do it? Why did you have to say that? That's like that's the equivalent of your mom going to school before you and being like, "Listen, kids, he's really scared of being alone. So will you just be extra kind to him today?" <laughs> like, yeah. if your school was filled with people who you know 
really, really hurt others. <laughs> it looks like I'm going to catch a beating at the playground, and by clay- playground, I mean the yard. <laughs> and by and by a beating, I mean shanked, and by shanked, I mean sliding, slitting my throat. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Layers upon layers. Like an onion or a parfait. The uh, previous warden from three or four years ago was found face down in a swimming pool. Oh, at the my prison, gosh. At the prison. The day we get there, uh, about 10 men can't come on the retreat because their block, and there's about like 14 blocks, is on lockdown because someone got stabbed. Uh, and then another one through, another one was down on quarantine, and then, you know, it's all sorts of stuff. And I'll tell you what's crazy. This is the crazy thing. Like, at first, you know, all you're doing, you're thinking about the next step. Like, okay, got to drive an hour from my house, go just north of Huntsville, and go out there and park my car and you know, find the group of guys because most of them stayed in the hotel the night before and get all this stuff going. And you're just thinking of the next step. And then mm-hmm. you're, you find that you've gone through the metal detectors and you've been patted down and all this stuff. And then you go inside a room and they shut the gate behind you the, the, or the, door, the you know, whatever, the jail thing behind you. And it's shut in front of you, too, and you have to give them your driver's license in order to get in. And you're just sitting there, and you're like, oh, shit, I am now, I now have no control over my life. Yeah. In a, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they open up that outer gate, and you walk into the prison. And the prisoners are walking around, and, and you don't know what to think because you haven't met them yet. So, like, it's just, like, in the open, and, like, they're just there. Yeah, I mean, it's a big hallway, and you're walking in a hallway. Uh, there's no guards around except for in the little room where they took my ID, which, you know. Something were to happen, you know, they couldn't do anything. And mm-hmm. uh, so the guy, he tells people, you know, he's really scared. What should I tell him? And someone said, tell him we're a bunch of murderers, rapists, and gang members. And we need the mercy of Jesus Christ, too. Wow. So I'm saying that as I'm walking down the, mm-hmm. the, the hallway going to where the chapel is. Now, the crazy thing is when you pull up to this prison to go in the parking lot, in the middle of all the razor wire and the high fences, there's this huge chapel with a big cross on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's huge, right? And uh, so we go in there, and we're in this chapel. We've been given permission by the non-Catholic chaplain to, to, to hold our, our, our retreat. And, you know, we're inconveniencing other groups and stuff, but they all make it work. you got to balance it all out with every other group. There, I think they said at one point there are, like, a 200 different religious groups Mm-hmm. Within the prison, you know, so hmm. we're there. You sit down at. Uh, actually, this was the. This is so weird. So as the men come in, you just you you applaud them, right? You make like a tunnel, and you're clapping, and you're applauding as they're walking in, and and you just hug them. And wow. you know, one of the things they tell you in the prison training is, don't ever, other than a handshake, don't ever touch them. Like, don't come up on their behind them and pat them on the back. Don't come up and squeeze them on the neck or squeeze their shoulder like sometimes guys do. Like, you mm-hmm. don't ever do that because you don't know what they're, they're – they might flip out. And mm-hmm. so here we are, like, hugging them and all this stuff. Now, the one thing you need to know is the retreat team is there's 22 of us outsiders. And then there's, like, 30 inside men who are on the retreat team who had done it six months earlier. So it's the team is two groups of people now. A group of them are cooking the food, and I'm a table facilitator. That's my only responsibility is just run a table with uh, – we call them the men in white, um, these inmates. So it's like are, are you – is that the equivalent to being in charge of a small group? 
Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You're just sitting at round tables having a discussion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, someone said, what, what was like the craziest part for you? And I said, about two hours into day one, I stopped and I looked around and I had this intense feeling at how bizarre it was. I had the, the most bizarre feeling I felt the whole time was how literal. I mean, this is it's so weird to say, like, this is bizarre at how normal it felt. Like, I, I, after, you know, you did the opening thing, you started to get to know everyone's name, it felt 100% normal, natural, not weird. Like, you're in, like, yeah, like, this is what I do. I'm yeah. in my zone. Mm-hmm. Well, like, like I'm on an X retreat. I'm just on a sure. retreat with a bunch of yeah. guys. And it's funny yep. that they're all wearing the same color. But other than that, that's it. And mm-hmm. And then, but then you start to hear their stories. And obviously, there's a profound difference. But really, there's not. And it's amazing. So in order to get onto the retreat, like, these guys have to be on their best behavior. I never heard a cuss word, except for me. I never heard, like, <laughs> anything. Anything. There was not. I mean, people were. My mom, so funny. I'm telling the story. My mom goes, well, well, how many guards were in the room? I was like, one, a lady at the back, sat, sitting down at a table. She's like, a lady in the back? One? <laughs> she's like, what? What, what, what? And she goes, well, what if something happened? And I was like, what's going to happen? And she's like, well, what if a fight breaks out? I was like, what fight? Because the people there had to earn it for like a year. You couldn't have any cases on you within the prison. You couldn't have, you know, like. Well, and like that's kind of interesting, too, because like what are, you know, typically a time some of the best retreats are when people want to be there. Yeah, absolutely. When there's some a desire on their part to be a yeah. discipled. Yeah, yeah. You know? okay. Okay. Before we go that far, though, <laughs> the reason oh, why. And so 20% were Catholic, and of that 20%, most of them were total lapsed Catholics. They're Mexican mm-hmm. gangs and drug dealers. and So they weren't really, like, super into their faith. And in prison, they weren't. But at the same time, 80% were not Catholic. They were other. We had a handful of Muslims, a couple atheists, agnostics. Uh, but just, it's more like stuff to do. It is better food, mm-hmm. time off the block, okay. and maybe interesting conversations. So, which is interesting. It's cool. It's fine. So, you know, one guy stood up. Hey, what's up? I'm Dutch Reformed, and I'm here for the food. <laughs> That's how he introduced himself. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thank you for being honest. Um, but most of them, most of the non-Catholics were there because they do not like Catholics. They do not trust Catholics. They do not think Catholics are Christians. They've heard a lot of bad things about Catholics, but they're willing to give Catholics a chance. So why don't you mm-hmm. tell us about yourself? Sure. So, day one was it was fascinating, but I loved it, man. I really, honestly, that's did. cool. I really, it was a game changer. So you have testimonies, and the first prisoner shares his testimony, and I, it, it was about like I mean, a- almost all the men there are fatherless. Almost all the men there have had terrible childhoods. Almost all the men there are involved in drugs. And you just see, like, if you have these, you'll end up here, right? I mean, so many, so many of these men, they were like, yeah, you know, so I didn't know my father. I was raised mostly by my older brother. Then my mom got remarried, and that guy used to beat me. And, 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 and you're like, oh. And then you, and so the guy, yeah, you know, I was a runaway by the age of 15 because my stepdad used to try to rape me and molest me. And you're like, fuck. Good Lord. Ugh. All the men in their lives are disasters. Then you have one guy who's like, my dad was awesome. 
And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm table facilitator. Tell me about that. What's going on? Well, he died when I was 10. And you're like, oh. And you just, I mean, honestly, right? So you, you have this internal struggle because you want to hug every one of them. You honestly do. You just want and I'm not a hugger. In fact, I hate hugging unless it's my wife. But you feel like this overwhelming sense of compassion. But you absolutely have to restrain that. Because if people are there for the wrong reasons, you're leading by your heart. They're leading by their head. They have 23 hours a day to contemplate the system and how to mess with the system. And the chaplains tell you one of the principal ways they mess with the system is by going to religious events, feigning religiosity, and getting you to do stuff for them that you shouldn't do because, oh, I really need it. And so the chaplain that trained us, you got to go to this four- or five-hour training. He was talking about all the time there will be people who know the Bible better than the pastors visiting or running the place. Mm -hmm. And they know how to use that language to just manipulate the situation. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm sitting there and people are like, yeah, man, so I'm, like, steeped in the word. You know, what's the word? And it just sounded so cliche. But then you find out, like, no, not the people at my table. or The people in the room, they are, like, super dedicated to their faith. Because that's the only reason why they were able to come in the first place to something like that mm -hmm. retreat. Mm -hmm. One of the things I think is really interesting about this is this is totally one of the works of mercy, if I'm getting my yeah. terms yeah. correct. And I think it's one that, ooh, <laughs> like, how many of our friends went into prison ministry? Yeah. yeah none. You know, like, yeah. there's no glory in it. There's no, I mean, and like, not that there's glory in being a like youth minister, but, but, but like you don't have like the hipster like prison ministry guy, yeah, you know. You, and I just think it's really great that you did that, especially in a place where you're like, yeah, like half these people really probably don't care about this, but like they are worth my time, I'll and tell they just keep going. No, no, and just the fact that like it's not about trying to like, yeah, of course you want to really uh, convert hearts, or you want God to convert hearts and to provide healing but it's just great that you're just there the fact that you were there i think it's huge so there's this one dude so i'm i'm at the table right and i'm talking with my guys and this happens throughout the whole weekend i would get a tap on my shoulder and i'd lean back and be like what's up and they'd be like hey uh there's a gentleman over here at table four that need that has some questions and so I'm the answer man, right? So they pick it like, like, and then I'm like, well, I have my table that I'm running. And they're like, we'll get someone to replace you. And so my job was to go basically from table to table whenever a problem arose. And I would sit down and they would just fire apologetics questions at me. Now, <laughs> why do y'all, I love this. Why y'all, why? <laughs> Well, this is your heaven. Well, this is basically just like feeding into the thing you love to do. This is, this is feeding into the already ginormous ego of Michael Gormley. No, 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 but not that. You're just, no, I, I mean, it's it's what you like. You like, so it's funny because it's like, oh, thank God, <laughs> finally, it's paying off. <laughs> finally, all those years studying Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, and Patrick Madrid. Oh, both barrels. Let's do this figuratively, figuratively, figuratively. Both barrels. Carl, uh, Carl Keating are actually being put to practical use for once. <laughs> well, and and I'm telling you, Carl Keating came out in rare form in my heart. Uh, Catholicism <laughs> versus fundamentalism at that moment. And so the first thing I get, this guy's like, All right, "I got a question for you. Where's the word saint come from? Huh? In a million years, I never would have thought that'd be a question. So mm -hmm. I go and answer, and then he goes, "Well." So is everyone in heaven a saint? And I go, yes. 
And he goes, oh, well, are all believers saints in the Catholic Church? And I was like, yes. I said, but we're not capital S saints. He goes, what is capital S saints? I go, well, that means a person has gone through the formal process of canonization, and they're declared by the church to be a capital S saint. That is a life of heroic virtue, worthy of imitation, did the miracles after they died, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, whoa, what? Miracles after they died? So I'm like, yeah, it's great, right? So I talk a little bit about that. They're like, okay. And then he looks at me, and he's like, why y'all pray to dead people? And I'm like, great question. And so I start going through, you know, and – and Luke, I uh, have to say that I brought up my favorite story with you. One of my favorite stories from college about you uh, was the guiding lodestone, uh, lodestone, lodestar, lodestar for the for the for the <laughs> apologetic section. Do you remember when you went to the Five Iron Frenzy concert? Uh, or, do what, I ever. No, no, let me rephrase. Wait, it let was me rephrase Frenzy that. board. Yeah, you wrote on the Frenzy board, but I was you went to, to that message board from 1999 to 2004. Go on, <laughs> but 2005. You went to a—that's far too long. You went to a like a Marian yeah. conference or a Marian retreat or something, and then you get on the Frenzy Five Iron Frenzy message board, and you're like, "Hey, everybody, you should love Mary." No, and, what I was doing was just trying to like instigate people and get stuff started. I, I okay, like and then this sure. is all here. Knock, 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 and I'm like, "Well, it's 10:30 at night. Who could possibly be knocking on my door?" And college oh anyone and uh <laughs> what a freaking <laughs> i mean we love we love stupid bull and we look forward to possibly partnering with them go on <laughs> drink and you you're there and you're like hey uh i wrote some stuff about mary on the five iron frenzy uh bulletin board online and uh yeah could you maybe answer some questions <laughs> and i remember there was 102 responses in like six hours and I remember looking at it, and it, it, it was crazy. But you know, we how can you pray to dead people? That's necromancy. The dead don't care. The blessed dead don't care what what's going on. They're just in heaven enjoying it. They don't know anything about earth. And then it was like, why do you worship Mary? And then it was, I mean, these people are just compounding on top of each other. And then they start getting off of these like crazy things about Christology, like. Sin is in our DNA, so Jesus had perfect DNA. And you're like, what? And uh, Jesus was just placed in Mary's womb for like a, a day or two, and then she, she blopped out. Like all these weird things. And so I, the story goes that I went to go, and I was like, all right, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning or however late it was. I'm not going to answer these. And then the next day I went to the Adoration Chapel. This is how serious I was about this. I go to the Adoration Chapel, can't come up with anything. Then I'm like, oh, the bells, it's noon mass. I go to noon mass, feast day. Of the transfiguration. Jesus is talking to two dead guys. And uh, the, his three inner circle guys. Peter, James, and John. Are looking at two dead guys talking to Jesus. And so I said. Aha, aha. So I used that as like my response. And so when I'm in the prison. Like that was one of the main things. Like here's mm, three nice. living guys. Talking to two dead guys. Because of Jesus. Not because they're necromancy. But because. It's through Christ, and God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. And so I went through all this stuff. Man, I'm telling you, Luke, it was – so, anywho, they end up scheduling four Q&As <laughs> during this weekend retreat where me and some of the times Deacon Bradley, Deacon at our church, awesome guy, he was there. And they're just firing questions, every sort of shenanigans. And I'm like, well, uh, and at the end of the – I mean, it was amazing. But And then I gave one talk on the sacraments, and I gave the first half. So it's like sacramentality in general – and then the sacraments of initiation in particular. And mm -hmm. my whole thing was, I'm going to preach it so an evangelical would stand up and say amen. And that's how I did it. Framed it all around the death and resurrection of Jesus, the notion of justification. And then this is what baptism does for us. This is what the Eucharist is to us. 
and uh, and then I just tried to be funny as possible, and uh, and they came up and like, man, you all right, you all right, I like you, man. And I was like, thank you. And they gave me lots of hugs <laughs> and lots of That's affirmation. Awesome. And then they gave me a prison nickname. And it, and it is? Guy walks over to me at the end of the second day and he goes, hey, yo, Mike. And it's like, uh, hi. What's up, man? And he's a dude from a totally different table. And he goes, hey, yo, I just want to say I appreciate you. And I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate you, too. It's great being here. Thank you for letting me come. Well, thank you for letting me be here. And uh, he said, uh, you know how all of us got prison nicknames? Well, I gave you a prison nickname. <laughs> I was like, okay, what is it? He goes, you the hangover. <laughs> and I was like, the hangover? What? And he goes, because you look like Alan from the hangover, man. And I'm like, Zach Galakanakis? And he's like, yeah, man, you look like that dude, doesn't he, though? And the whole table's like, oh, you the hangover! And that became the nickname. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> and I looked at the guy, there's a Zach Galakanakis line where he says, uh, he goes, this isn't a beard. I'm Greek. This is actually my eyebrows. And so I said that line, and he's like, yeah, that's funny. And he just walked away, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, more importantly, how many Catching Foxes listeners did you get out of this? Oh, man, like five. So the funniest thing was the guy that runs the whole retreat ministry, he's like, hey, I heard you had a podcast, and so-and-so had to show me how to use podcasts. And I'm like, Yeah. Go on, baby boomer. <laughs> Go on, the greatest generation. And uh, he's like, so I was listening yeah, okay. to one. It sounded like a live show that you did at a restaurant or bar. And I was like, yeah, you shouldn't have listened to that one as the first one. He's like, yeah, yeah I really felt like I shouldn't because you guys cussed a lot. And I didn't really understand what you were saying. And I was like, well, you know. Damn it. Uh, how about you do the recap episode? It's like five Damn episodes. it, Luke. <laughs> Damn it, Luke. You failed us all. Uh, so, anywho, so now I am addicted to prison ministry. I went back this Monday, so it was a week later. I'm going to try to go back um, every other Monday. Uh, I'm going to create a curriculum for prison ministry. And my cool. my hope is that I can teach to them scripture, apologetics, the sacraments, um, discipleship and you know all that stuff, all within a discipleship context. But to teach them all this stuff, but I have to write it as a curriculum, not just Michael Gorman giving a bunch of talks. Because if I do it this way, they'll earn a certificate. If they earn a certificate, when they come up for parole, they can present certificates as proof of attempting to reform. The one time that the that that the church is actually going to reuse certificate in a way that actually works. Yeah. Do you have your confirmation certificate? <laughs> Do you got your youth ministry certificate? Because that proves if you're good. <laughs> that proves you can sit still for six hours in a diocesan, poorly ventilated classroom. <laughs> this means, yeah, anyways. The jokes write themselves, except when yeah. it's about what you run. Um, so I go, uh, and so I look at the guy that's running it, and I go, would this be a benefit if I created, like, a course? And he was like, it would be huge for us. It really would. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me about this? And he's like, it's too much work. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> like, I'll do something. <laughs> do you know who I am? <laughs> I'll do this. Yeah. Does, this awesome. does this sound like a rabbit hole that I have absolutely no time to run down? Yes, I will run down this rabbit hole. <laughs> so what you're saying is now we're going to do uh, Catching Foxes retreats for people who are in prison and young adults and church workers. Perfect. Oh, man, wouldn't that be awesome, Luke, doing a Catching Foxes retreat for active 
ministry and people who were so burnt out on ministry that they had to leave ministry? It wouldn't. Man. If only we had thought about that idea and we're trying to put together a plan to do that. Man. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Well, man, that's that's really cool. I'm like, honestly, I, um, I, um, I, I really, like, I've, because you had a great post about this on the old Facebookaroo, and I just thought it'd be good to just kind of like uh, give you some time to talk about this because I think this is really cool. And I think it's a very important ministry that we, that, you know, we, we just think, oh, that's their calling. And I'm like, yeah. mm, I, I've started uh, to wrestle with like, we're all called to do this in some way. You know, so yeah. I mean, you know, it's like we may not be called to do that specifically, but like I've, it's kind of been on my heart to maybe start going to bereavement stuff. Oh, that's hard. That's I don't hard. know if I get. I don't. I just feel like with my experience, because it was so like when we lost my dad, the chaplain at the hospital was, um, to be blunt, incredible. Uh, and I think it was a Protestant chaplain, and it was incredible. And I and I don't know if I could do that, or how what that would look like. But I, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You don't know it, until you've done it, and when you've done it, you you can understand like. Yeah, this was this was the thing I needed to do, and doing prison ministry was so awesome because, okay, you know, you were kind of talking about earlier, like you know, just doing your job and connecting with people, and doesn't matter what you. Prison ministry, it's a thousand times better than any other retreat you will ever do if you do it right, because they, how do I put this? You get to see conversions happen right in front of you, like. So when I'm talking about the Catholic faith and clarifying things, mm. you can, you it, I mean it, uh, you you're one step away from seeing literal scales fall from people's eyes and they're just like all of a sudden their eyes get really big and they light up and they're just like oh oh I had a I had a line of people come up to me and being like I want to thank you. I never liked being Catholic until today. Like I didn't I didn't know what wow. any of that stuff meant and you can state it so simply but so powerfully that I, I am proud that even though I was never raised Catholic, my parents baptized me Catholic in, you know, Mexico City or Juarez or El Paso or whatever. And I'm happy to be here today. Like, and then the amazing thing is the prisoners standing up one by one and saying, because of this retreat, I can say with absolute honesty, I am happy that I, I'm in prison because now I've found God in my life. Like, how do you have someone serving 20 years, 10 years, uh, one man, a life sentence, and come and, and and be able to say, I'm happy that I'm here. You know, I'm happy that I'm here. So we're planning all these different things. Like, how do you respond to that at all? And I don't know. Like, I kept saying to them, like, in this meeting, I'm like, is there anything I should shy away from because I'm an ignorant person who doesn't understand prison life? And they're like, don't belittle us, and then we'll be fine. And I was like, okay, okay. So don't say go to the potty. He's like, never say that. <laughs> and... uh <laughs> because <laughs> a guy apparently did in the past and they talked about it for months as like it was so demeaning but he was trying to be funny um but this whole notion of of like these are people that it's easy to hate them it's even easier to dismiss them yes and sure. the other thing that you don't realize that i never realized until i was on the inside is how the cycle of negativity and violence perpetuates crime and and all this stuff like in order to go to a prison you need to join a gang like it is literally that violent in ferguson prison which is a very violent prison you get jumped when you sh when you're assigned to a new block because they they want to beat the hell out of you they'll send six guys into your cell 
They will beat the hell out of you, and then they'll feed you for the week because they want to see what kind of fighter you are. Because if you, if that block needs to throw a riot, they want to make sure you can handle and you can fight. If you belong to a gang, and most of the gangs now, it's not like you're in the Crips and now you're all in the Crips in the gang. Most of those big gangs don't exist in, in these prisons, at least. It's prison-only gangs. So you're not affiliated when you leave. Now, some are. Some are. But most aren't. So it might be the gang life that got you in there. But then when you're in there, you join up with a gang. So there's a bunch of, like, Mexican gangs in particular. And they jump you when you join. They jump you when you want to leave unless you want to leave for religious reasons. And one guy's like, you know, they call it getting checked. And he's like, yeah, I get checked. If, if I want to go solo, which means because of religion, I want to slide out. If I want to go solo, if it's for religion, they won't beat me up. But if I'm out in the yard, you know, getting my rec time in, and I smoke a cigarette, or I'm doing, you know, I'm doing something that they deem religious people shouldn't do, they will beat the shit out of me on the spot. My boys, my homeboys, my gang that I used to be a part of will destroy me, might even kill me, because they would then say, well, you're not really going solo. You're just using this as a front to get away from your responsibilities that you owe us. Right. And so it's like if you don't. Partic- right. And so if you don't participate in this life, like if there's a riot going on and you on block don't participate in that riot, they will come and beat you up. Right. So you have. So it's this cycle of like, I have to do this. And as mm-hmm. I'm driving there, you know, you see this big walled place and it's so intimidating. I thought, Lord, what if what if this were, you know, we talked about beforehand, but what if this were the Benedict option? What if we could turn a prison into a monastery? Like, what if we could convert enough people that it would become have a catalytic effect on the life of the prison and on the guards? Like, one of the things that the inmates said, right, th- there's all this animosity between the laws and the inmates. Mm-hmm. And then they talked about, like, they started praying for the guards. They started talking about having sympathy for the guards who have to deal with this stuff all day. And you start to hear this, and you're like, okay, this could literally change the culture. Because right now, let's say there's 500 men in this prison. We have 60 plus the 30 people on crew serving that are going to say, like, I'm not going to be a part of this. On top of the Protestant stuff and the Jewish stuff and the Muslim stuff, like, there could be literally a catalytic effect that changes the, the culture of a prison. And then I started going off like, oh, my gosh, I could literally run community groups here. <laughs> as long as i no, get on my videos no just watch a video oh <laughs> uh, that's awesome well man i'm really that's 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 really cool that's really really cool and and they're gonna invite me and this is the scariest thing i've ever heard he goes hey and if you guys want you can come with us to chow time i'm so excited to hear how that goes slash a little nervous for you <laughs> like i was like wait i get to go to the cafeteria with you a prison cafeteria with you guys and they're like yeah man and in my head, all this is literally all I thought. This is how juvenile I am. All I thought was, damn it, I wish I could bring in my phone. I would take so many selfies in a prison <laughs> camp. I'd be like, oh, hope I don't get shanked. And I'd say it out loud. And people would give me dirty looks. And <laughs> on, on, on three, Brooks was here. <laughs> oh, man, this is just like Fox's hit television show, Prison Break. Am I right? <laughs> why is everyone glaring <laughs> we call this the catching foxes bump <laughs> hottest prison in texas catching foxes the number one religious podcast in prisons <laughs> 
So all in all, I think our lents are going pretty well, even though ups and downs. Yeah. So just to wrap up, uh, everyone needs to go and explore patreon.com slash CF. Yeah, that's been really cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The funniest thing is how launching a Patreon, like, hey, pay for us, uh, has ended up getting so many likes on Facebook from it. Like, our Facebook really? likes have gone up, like, 30 since we launched, or 20. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, we started this Patreon page. It's uh, a way to support us. But let me just say this. So, the first tier... The first year, you're just there. You're going to say, hey, listen, guys, I like you a lot. Here's the tip. Here's a $2 tip. Just the tip. Right, Luke? Just the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. And then uh, $5. Now, what we're trying to do right now, if you give $5, you get access to uh, the Patreon only. So if you get the Patreon app, if we create audio files like Luke is doing right now, although that the stuff he's creating is specifically for our $10 tier, but we can create audio files, all this stuff that only Patreon supporters can see. It goes right into your app, or you can go on the website. We're trying to do things um, like, you know, if, if a recent show spawns something, write a little page on it. You know, hopefully we'll develop that uh, into, like, a YouTube channel or something like that down the line. But right now, we're trying to create a bunch of stuff that makes sense for our supporters. Because Patreon, if you think of it as, like, oh, you're giving Luke and Gomer money, that's your hard-earned money. Like, that, that's not what we want to think about it. Number one, you're listening to the show. That's all we care about. But... Well, this is a whole new level of engagement with the show. Mm-hmm. And things like 10-minute topics are great because you get to suggest questions and topics that we'll bring up. We, If you haven't been talking with us on Facebook, join the Facebook group. We are so active. Uh, a woman recently wrote a message to us, and then after I responded to her, she says, Oh, my gosh, you made my day. And I said, please write more. <laughs> like, I want to do this. <laughs> you don't understand. You make our day because – no, I, 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 this is I, – I, again, this is where I think we're going with this is a, is a real uh, ongoing con- conversation with us and you guys. So it's not just about us, you know, but it's about – because I don't know. We've, it's been really cool to see people open up to us in ways that we've opened up to you. So – I really appreciate it, and I'm uh, pumped to carry that over to the Patreon as 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 well. Yeah, so I want to thank everyone who, in the first, um, since March 23rd, has started donating to us. You guys are awesome. You've signed up. Um, you're pledging $2, $5, $10, $30. A couple people have done $50 it's a month. Which is crazy. I, w- I honestly want to say um, – uh, to those people who did that, I don't know if we can like say who they are or not. Um, one group said they did, so that's that's uh, that Catholic couple. Yeah, um, like they're basically saying, "Yeah, we're going to give you uh, six hundred dollars a year." And yeah. I'm like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's crazy." They're going to do it fifty dollars a month, and the cool thing is, out of saying thank you for uh, Luke, most of all, but doing the the GoFundMe so that they could get their show up and running, and they said we wouldn't exist without you guys. So this is our way of showing you support. Um, a lot of people, personal friends of mine, I reached out to and said, hey, could you consider this? Matt Frad, who I started doing his uh, Pints with Aquinas, so patreon.com slash PWA. I joined his and pledged $5. He pledged $5 first to ours. And oh, I had, Matt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matt was like day one. And I got access to his St. Thomas Aquinas audios. They're like three to four minutes long, these little Lenten reflections by St. Thomas Aquinas, and he records the audio. 
And they're I bet that awesome. sounds so smooth. Oh, so smooth. I bet it voice. sounds so. He just, just, he's got such a, like a nice voice. Mike, I want you to read me a story yeah. before I go to bed. Uh, have you ever heard of that children's story that they get different actresses and actors to read? Uh, get the F to sleep or whatever it's called. Yeah. It is so funny. I would love to hear him <laughs> read that. <laughs> uh, I think, oh man, we need to do more stuff with him. I enjoy Matt. America's favorite Australian. Well, he just published his book. Oh yeah, we need to we need to have him on. Yeah, yeah. The Oops. porn the porn myth. Go buy that too. Go support his, his Patreon. Go buy his book, <laughs> The Porn Myth. You know what? Just stop listening to Catching Foxes. Yeah, really Matt Frad is everything we should be. And Cameron, his wife, has the female version of of uh, Catching Foxes, which, by the way, my wife started listening to. And right now, my wife only listens to two podcasts in her whole life. Not the one that her husband creates. <laughs> not the other one her husband creates. <laughs> Simply, none of my talks that I give. Simply, uh, Among the Lilies by Cameron Frad, and, of course, Father Michael Schmitz's homilies. Oh, I'm so scared that Father Mike doesn't like me. I am so terrified <laughs> that he doesn't like me. I, I texted him the other day. He said he doesn't. <laughs> I know you're joking, but are you joking? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, but 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 seriously. No, he hates you. Uh so yeah. I hope you enjoy the new theme song that I'm gonna put to our show. Wait, wait. I'm just what? kidding, Luke. I just thought I'd piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> Luke hates it when I do things on my own initiative. That's <laughs> true. I just wanna know. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, that's what our that's what our stickers look like. Cool. <laughs> Listen, I just had to get something printed because I it prematurely launched the Patreon. Thing. <laughs> well, I, well, the thing is, I also would have like paid for half of it. Luke, Luke, I would have. It's <laughs> I love your voice right there. I would have. I would have. Luke, it's not your responsibility. Oh wait! It absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely is. It's fucking idea. What did it do with it in the first place? Yep, 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 yep. All right, everybody. I gotta go to the bathroom because I gotta write some prison ministry curriculum. Shazam! If, if you want access to my sweet, sweet prison curriculum, <laughs> it'll be in an ebook format available to our ten dollar donors or thirty dollar. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Whatever we said. I don't know. Luke, I have. Yet. I do have to say, Luke. It is a pure stroke of genius that you came up with the $50 tier of the drinking game. I cannot <laughs> wait. So the whole goal is to build a drinking game for Catching Foxes. I cannot. I want to play it now while I'm recording the show. Like, <laughs> I need it. I need it in my life. Whoever's your friend that's going to do it, get his booty Bradley. Going. Yeah, I am. Um... Uh, oh, so really crazy news for my stroke, just really quick before we go. Found out that I uh, cannot lift heavy weights anymore, which actually really bum, uh, that really makes me sad. And I can't ride roller coasters again. So that's awful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Generally, like, I had a thought, and, and this honestly like, really bummed, like, bummed me out. I was like, if, I, if we have kids, I will never be able to go on a roller coaster with them. And I was like, oh, that's, that's awful. Mm. Isn't that weird? It is. Just kind of like now I've never really had anything taken away from me before yeah. that I used to like or just thought was always there. And, and it's so dumb. It's just like – it's just because like I really like doing – when I when I do work out, I love to do squats, bench press, and deadlifts, and I can never do those again. I love to watch you do squats. It's funny. Uh, 
So does uh, my wife. It's weird. <laughs> it's so, so crazy. So crazy how she likes that. Yep. Thank you all. And please don't hesitate to uh, hit us up on Twitter at C Foxes Podcast, on the Facebook Catching Foxes Podcast, something. I don't know. Just type it in there. You, you'll find it. Um, <laughs> we, I really, I, that's, I love getting messages. And I know we don't always respond, especially over email. Sorry. Um, but we really do appreciate it. So thank you guys. Weird enough, email is harder to respond to than Facebook. Because when I'm doing email for that account, it's me at the end of the day sitting down. I'm going through all my lay evangelist stuff to book things and send out, you know, send out contracts and get things booked to do parish missions and blah, blah, blah. That literally what ends up happening is that Catching Fox and stuff gets pushed to the bottom. And, but on Facebook, like, I get the little chime when I'm in the middle of work and I'm like, well, it's work. I might as well get on Facebook. <laughs> so I, <laughs> if you work with me or go to my parish, please do not tell my bosses, plural. Uh, yeah, I don't do that at all. Uh, you just record yourself for over a minute twiddling your thumbs and send it to me. <laughs> That's not true. It was so freaking quiet. It was crazy. That is like, for me, if my time in purgatory will be a dead, will be a dead silent office doing data entry for hours on, on end. Yeah.